okay. I'm not going to scream. I'm not going to get excited. And I watch my wife, and she's like. But I'm going to be honest with you. It's, I can make a promise all day long, but I can't keep that promise. Amen? I do get excited. So hallelujah. I want to minister for just a few moments, even though we could actually pull an altar call after uh, Pastor Blake, as he did the offering this, this morning. That was a wonderful illustration. Amen? But to understand that, uh, you know, there's got to be a hunger in us. Amen? And uh, I'm going to minister this morning for just a few minutes on unbelief will make you crazy. Amen? Now, I know there's a lot of crazy people in this world that are crazy to be crazy, amen? But unbelief will make you crazy like you don't want to be crazy. And if you're taking notes this morning, I want you to jot that title down. And, and uh, please go home this, 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 uh, this afternoon, throughout the week, and, and go over the scriptures that I give you. Apply these scriptures to your life and this word of God to your life and let God change you, amen? Let God encourage you uh, to be somebody that he wants you to be, amen? If you have your Bible this morning, let's turn to the book of John chapter 20, verse 25. I'm going to read this and, uh, you know, I, I really feel encouraged to, to just share with you that I know for a fact, I feel it in my spirit, that the church is going through some things, Amen. And the church is you and I, not this building as Pastor Blake was talking about, but as you and I being the church, amen? We are the church, and you and I go through problems and go through trials in our lives, and sometimes we forget to turn to God. Because we're so busy and trying to catch up on the things of life, we get so overwhelmed by everything that's going on around us, we forget to literally call on God and say, Lord, bring me back to earth, bring me back to this straight and narrow path, God, so that I can see who you are. I want to encourage you this morning. God's got a word for you today, man. Let's read uh, John chapter 20, verse 25. It says, The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of nails, and put my finger into the print of nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, we can read this scripture and say, Well, I would never be that way. I would never do that. But... If we want to be real with ourselves today, we have to understand that you and I are exactly like this. Sometimes we don't believe something that we hear. We say, well, I've got to know for sure. I had to be there. I want to know for sure that, that, that it really happened. And there's a dangerous point in our lives when we, when, we, when we know something, when we've experienced it, and we still deny that it is true. Amen? You know, this particular uh, instance, this scripture that I just read, you know, that same insane attitude that John had then, you and I have in today's day. Where we have doubt about things. We don't understand things. We, we don't take time to open up the Word of God and apply this Word to our life. Amen? And therefore, we get muddled. We get, we get confused. And we don't really know how to get back where we're trying to get to. And in the book of Revelation, it calls it uh, uh, the, 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 the Laodicean church. Amen? I have a hard time saying that word. It was a lukewarm church. This church was a place where they were just participating. They were just coming to church to say, I went to church on Sunday morning. Amen? Now, I'd like to challenge somebody. I, I mean, I don't really have time to do it, but I want to give you the analogy. If I told you, go on outside and stand there for 15 minutes in the sun and come back in, and you will have a choice to drink a hot glass of water or a nice cold glass of ice water. How many would choose a glass of hot water? Thank God we're in a normal place. Amen. Nobody would choose that glass. 
But you know, that Laodicean church that we're talking about is, is exactly what it was. It was a lukewarm church where the Spirit of God may have been there. It came in and left, but nobody really got anything out of it. It was just an experience. It wasn't something that was life-changing or dramatic for them. Amen? We want this place to be a place of life-changing experiences. Hallelujah. Amen? Where we want to come into this place and let the, allow the Holy Spirit to change us and touch us and do something new in our life. So, I want to go through this pretty quickly, but let's, let's pray before I go any further this morning. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would just open the hearts, open the minds of your people this morning. God, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us. God, that you would use me as, a, as an oracle of the Holy Spirit, God, to minister your word this morning. Lord, what you've put on my heart for our church, Father. God, I thank you, Lord, for these wonderful people. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would free us today, Lord, from all of our unbelief today, God. I thank you, Lord, for what you're about to do in this service. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. And we thank you for this day. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's people said amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, in Noah's generation, God brought judgment upon the people. We know that for, without a doubt, uh, in, in, in Sodom and Gomorrah, you had, uh, uh, you know, God brought judgment upon those people also. But the problem was with Sodom and Gomorrah is they loved their sins so much that they went back to that place because it was their comfort zone. Is there anybody in this place today, you go back to that comfort zone, anytime you run into a trial, anytime you run into a hard time, you go right back to that comfort place because, let me tell you something, it's not God sending you there, but it's, it's the devil, Amen. And I'm talking about the things of this world. I'm not talking about going to a prayer closet. Amen? We're going to talk to some real people this morning. Amen? I need the real word of God. I need someone to speak into my life and challenge me. And I believe that as I minister this word this morning, that God is challenging not only you, but he's challenging me to be who he wants me to be. Amen? It's easy to say I'm a Christian. It's easy to walk around with a Bible in my hand and say that I am a born-again Christian. But there's one thing that is so important that for every one of us to understand, our testimony is powerful. As Pastor Dwayne ministered on Wednesday night, uh, he preached on the power of the testimony. And, 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 and God saved us. We need to share our testimony with those that are lost. Amen. It's so important. Remember, in the days of Hitler, he burned the Bibles. You can read stories about Hitler, how he killed millions and millions of people. And I'm not here to preach about these things, but I'm trying to help you to understand something. There was a woman by the name of Madeline O'Hare. Madeline O'Hare was born in the early 1900s. This woman was the woman who was the very first woman who fought to remove prayer from the schools. There was a big court order, all kinds of problems. There was a, this and that, but she was an atheist. She was against it. You could YouTube this lady, find out about her. Her entire family, she raised them to be atheists. In other words, they hated God. They didn't just not believe in him, but they hated God. One of this woman's sons got saved, and God changed his life. And today, his ministry is still alive. This man is still serving God, but she disowned him. Because he gave his life to Jesus Christ. Is there anybody in this place today, you've been disowned by your family because you gave your life to Jesus Christ? Well, maybe you, ain't, you haven't been disowned, but maybe you feel like you've been disowned. Amen? Because when we give our lives to Jesus Christ, God does a miracle in us. Amen? So I'm talking about the insanity of unbelief this morning. Amen? And I want us to understand, listen, someone might think, maybe this man just needed uh, uh, some proof of who uh, he claimed to be. 
Just like you and I, we need proof of who we are in Jesus Christ today. We don't have to go out and do something crazy. We don't have to uh, go out and do something bigger than someone else. All we have to do is acknowledge the fact that we are saved and, and Jesus Christ saved us, uh, delivered us, and set us free. Amen? How many know that God is on the throne? How many know when God is on the throne, He is at work? He is working on your behalf. He's working on my behalf. The Bible says in Psalms that, it, that the Lord has gone before us. He's prepared a path for us, a prepared a direction for us to walk in. Amen? It's a powerful thing. You see, listen to this. As a Jew, Thomas knew about the more than 30 or 300 prophecies or different things about Jesus being the Messiah. This man, Thomas, had heard all of these powerful things this Messiah had done. Listen, as a disciple, he saw this for three years. How many know that he walked with Jesus for three years? Amen? How many in this place, you walked with Jesus for three years personally? Amen. Nobody here has that opportunity to say, I've walked with Jesus. I stood side by side. Although in faith we can say, yes, Jesus is walking by me right now. Jesus is standing with me right now as I'm ministering the word of God. I know without a doubt that he is with me. But Thomas can say that he walked the streets with Jesus Christ. He can say he walked it. Uh, he heard these prophecies. Uh, so as a disciple, he saw this for three entire complete years. Every miracle that Jesus had completed. Every single one that was blind and those eyes that were blinded were opened up by Jesus' healing ministry. He was there. He saw it. Crippled, walked. Jesus, he got to see him walk on water. He got to see these things that you and I may never experience until we get to heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. But let me tell you something. He saw Jesus do all these things. He multiplied the two fish and the bread. It was an amazing experience for him. He saw the virgin birth. He was there. He saw it. His fellow disciple John was even the half-brother of Jesus. He got to hang out with Jesus' half-brother. That's pretty amazing, amen? I get to hang out with Pastor Blake. I get to hang out with y'all. But to hang out with Jesus' half-brother? It's like, man, hey, say something to your brother for me, man. Give me a hookup here. I need help. Send them on over to my place, man. We need some food in my house. You know, my marriage is in trouble, man. Send them on over to my house, please, because we need a miracle. Well, I'm crazy enough to believe that that half-brother would probably send Jesus on over because they were friends. They understood each other. And listen to this. With this man's own ears, many times Jesus told them, he said, I must die, but I will rise the third day. So he not only got to walk with him, but he got to hear his voice tell him, listen, I'm going to give my life for you, and on the third day I'm going to rise from the dead, hallelujah, and I'm going to be with my Father to prepare a place for you, glory to God. He got to hear that, amen? And the very night before his crucifixion, in Matthew chapter 26, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says, now it came to pass when Jesus had finished all of these sayings. That he said to his disciples, you know that after two days is the Passover and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Now let's jump up to verse 32. It says, but after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Hallelujah. Amen. He's going to go to the Father. He's going to go to the Lord to be there with him so that they can prepare a place for you and I. Listen, the instructions have already been given. 
We already have the instructions. Every word that we are to live by is in this word, in this word of God right here. And I get tired sometimes of seeing people say, well, I've already read the Bible. I just can't live it. I can't understand it. I can't, you know, I've had a lot of people tell me I don't understand the Bible. And I remember in a men's group meeting we had here one Saturday uh, with Jeff, we were talking, and, and I just straight up came out and told the guys one day, I said, you know what, the truth of the matter is, I said, Pastor Jones told me, I've heard this probably 35, 40 years ago, he told these people in his discipleship, he says, the, the, the real problem is not that you don't understand the Bible, he says, but the problem, the real problem is that you don't read the Bible. Amen? I mean, it don't take a whole lot to open his Bible up, and just right here, I just turned to Hosea, uh, chapter 13, verse 1. It says, when Ephraim spoke, well, that don't take a rocket scientist to figure out. The Bible's telling me that this man spoke, so what's that saying to me? I'm going to go speak. And now I'm talking about a testimony, so what am I going to do? I'm going to go tell somebody, I'm going to speak with my mouth. I'm going to use these dirty, rotten lips to go out and tell somebody about Jesus. So don't tell me that you don't know what the Word of God says. The bottom line is, is we are not reading the Word of God to apply the Word of God in our life. Amen? And that's the truth. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Praise God. So here he says, I will rise on the third day and meet you in Galilee. Hallelujah. How many can get excited over that? Amen? So Thomas, uh, he saw the wonders that accompanied the crucifixion. He was there. Darkness covered the earth uh, in the day. And the Bible says there was a great earthquake. In other words, he didn't just get to see the darkness, but now he got to feel the ground shake. So now he's getting a full experience of all that is going on. And the grave of the saints, hallelujah, opened up. Oh, glory to God. I don't know if you're understanding me this morning, amen. I'm talking about a power that no man can do on this earth, amen. I'm talking about only something that God can do. He had eyewitnesses of, this, of his resurrection. So not only did he see it with his own eyes, but there was eyewitnesses of this resurrection. Mary Magdalene was there. The, the disciples, his friends. They were all there. They got to experience this. You, you know, you might be looking at me saying, Pastor, how can you be so passionate about, about the gospel of Jesus Christ? I'm, I'm struggling in my life. I got this problem and this problem and this, and I'm trying to figure myself out. Guess what? All I've done different than you is I've surrendered to God. That's all I've done. I've taken one step forward at a time. I can't take two steps at the same time because I'll fall over just like you will. But I've learned how to take one step at a time. And I've also learned that when I get knocked down, that I have to get up. And sometimes I need help getting up. Especially if you've ever seen me down on the ground, you know you've got to help me up. I can't get up anymore. And it's not because I'm 50 years old either. Amen? But sometimes we need help. And in our life spiritually, and I believe that God put on my heart in this particular time of our life, if we can go ahead and play that video really quick. I got a video back there. I forgot it in the first message, but let's play this.
Praise God. Amen. You can stop the video. This right here, this story illustrates exactly what this church needs to be. And this is something Pastor Jones sent me this video last week, and it's been burning in my spirit. And it's really quiet in here right now because of the conviction and the really excitement that's in our spirit right now for wanting to be there for somebody. And what I really feel in my spirit, as I was getting ready to say before the video, is that in this church right now, there are a lot of people that are going through some trials in their life. And those people are the ones that have fallen down like this young man as he began to run. And as he, he gave everything he had, they were all equal in what they were doing. They were running with braces and crutches and just trying to accomplish something in their life. But all of a sudden, they fell down. Just like you and I in this church, we fall down in the, in the midst of, of trying to be successful in life. We come to church with a smile on our face and we smile at each other and we look at each other. And I've even had people tell me, well, how can you be so excited and happy all the time? Well, I am. I'm always happy. Even when I'm down, I'm happy. I can be in tears crying over a circumstance or a situation in my life. But you'll always see a smile on my face when I walk away because of the joy of the Lord. But there are people in this place, if you just look around, just take a, take a minute and just look around. Look at your brothers and your sisters and your friends and your pastor and, your, and your, 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 uh, the disciples that are in this church that are serving God. Let me tell you something, there are struggles in our lives. Some of us have fallen down and some of us cannot get back up. And I know you're thinking about that commercial, I have fallen and I can't get up. And that's a funny commercial, it's great, it's hilarious. But if you'll stop and think about it for just a moment, somebody sitting next to you has fallen and maybe can't get up. Somebody that's sitting next to you is hurting. And they're hurting so bad, they don't know how to express what they're really going through in their life. In their marriage, maybe they're smiling in your face. Uh, maybe things are good. They're still at the steakhouse eating dinner. But guess what? Inside, they're hurting. They're trying to figure out how to make things work all over again. And because of the way they were raised or because of what they've been through in their life, they do not know how to say, I'm sorry and I'm wrong and please forgive me. Now, I'm not looking past us into the next neighborhood. I'm looking at all of us today and looking at myself this morning because I understand that we all are going through trials. Every one of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us have made wrong decisions in our life. This man had eyewitnesses of his resurrection. Yet in all of this, the Bible says, Thomas said, unless I see his hand, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, he said, I will not believe it. And those are the ones that have been helped up and say, I still don't believe it. Those are the ones that have been helped and encouraged and they've been blessed. Someone gave you something. Someone lifted you up. Someone had mercy on you and you still get up and they've helped you up and you're on your two feet and you still say, I do not believe it. Because you don't feel worthy. Because you don't feel like you've earned it. Because, I, let me tell you something, I got news for you. We do not have to earn what Jesus Christ has for us. Hallelujah. We don't have to pay a price for it. All we got to do is accept it and believe it. Hallelujah. And he will deliver us. Amen. Praise God. This man, I mean, to say that he, he doesn't believe. I found a quote that says, What does unbelief discover when it sees a miracle? Absolutely nothing. That's what it discovers when it sees a miracle. 
absolutely nothing. The insanity of unbelief. You know, for faith, the Bible says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for. It says, it says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things that are not seen. Amen? They're not seen. We can't see. As I was saying before, Jesus is with us, but we cannot see him. He's walking with us. He's helping us make decisions. Do you think that for me to walk down this step right, I'm not going to do it because then I'd have to get back up and that hurts. But for me to walk down that step, it takes an act of Jesus for that to happen. Did you know that? It takes an act of Jesus. For my brain, this little brain I got, I remember my wife's daddy one time, he said, she messed up, did something wrong. He said, you know how big your brain is? And she said, no, how big? He said, it's about that big right there. So our little brains can't comprehend to tell us to do something. But do you know that when you just think it, you do it? That's not because of something you've done. That's not because you're so great, but it's because the power of Jesus. It's his strength. It's his power that's in us. Hallelujah. Amen. She says, now faith is sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Hallelujah. I wonder how many doubting Thomases that we have in this place this morning. How many doubt that your marriage will make it? How many are actually doubting because of this virus that you're actually going to make heaven when Jesus comes back? Listen, I'm not trying to scare you this morning and tell you that Jesus is coming back today because I don't know when he's coming back, but I will tell you this, we better be ready, glory to God. Right before I came up on this stage this morning, I said, Lord, forgive me of all uncleanliness. Oh, Jesus, every sin, every thought, cleanse me right now, Lord Jesus, because if he comes while I'm preaching, I want to be ready. Amen? Now, listen to me. That's not a life insurance prayer. It's not my life insurance. I didn't just pray it. I meant it. I live it. I love him. I want to serve him. And he knows that I'm, I'm repentive in my heart. But I have to tell him he wants to hear those words. And when you mess up in your home, when you mess up in your school, when you mess up at your workplace, you know what they want to hear? I'm sorry. I'm wrong. Please forgive me and I'm not going to do it again. Amen? I can go anywhere right now and get a job anywhere. I've got no experience. I don't know how to work for somebody else. I just don't know how. I don't know, what it's, I don't know what it's like to go have a job. All I know is that every week I wake up, actually every single day I wake up, and God blesses us with work. Hallelujah, amen. I don't understand it. And matter of fact, I don't even stop to try to figure it out. Lord, just go ahead and stop everything right now. Lord, I want to figure this out before you keep blessing me. You know, there's a lot of people that live their life that way. They want God to stomp and draw it out on a plan and write it out in a sermon like us pastors do. We write it down and we, we get it in our spirit to preach it to, and we're trying to figure God all out. And God's really trying to say, you know what? Shut your mouth and just listen. Shut your mouth and surrender to God and let him lead you by his Holy Spirit because his blessing for your life is big. Hallelujah. I said it's big. I said it's big. Hallelujah. It's more than you can handle. It's more than you can even want because you'll have to give it away. It'll be so much. Did you know that God knows your thoughts before you even think them? Ha, ha, ha. You say this prayers, oh God, if you give me a million dollars, I'll be glad to give my hundred thousand to you, Lord. But no, God don't want to hear you say that because that already belongs to him. He wants to hear you say, you know what, God, if you give me a million dollars, uh, I'm going to give it all back to you. 
Woo! You all telling me be quiet up here. I'm not going to be quiet. Hallelujah. God, give me a million. Give me 10 million. I'll give it all back to you, Lord. Woo! Hallelujah. Why? Because he will take care of you. Everything I would touch, all would be blessed by him. Everything I would do would be blessed by him. And until we understand that today, it doesn't matter what year or what model car you're driving today or what it smells like or how it smokes. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, when you trust the Lord, he will give back. He will bless. He will pour it on you like nothing else in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. A lot of people say, yeah, if I saw all those miracles, I'd believe them too. Yeah, if I, if I saw Jesus walk on water, I'd believe it. Yeah, I would believe it, but you know what? I don't know about that. I've tried walking on water. How many more have tried to walk on water? Be honest with me, huh? Thank you, sweetie. She's the only honest one here. There's one over here too. I've tried to walk on water many times. I mean, I'm, I've, I've literally gone out there and I said, oh, Jesus, give me faith and power. and Oh, give me strength. Lord, I'm walking out. Whoa, boom. Okay, Lord, let's do this again. You ought to try that with your mouth when you're in a fight with your husband or your wife. Oh, Lord, I'm going in, God. I need wisdom, Lord. I need understanding, God. I need you to show me how to speak. I've had to learn it. My wife and I, we, we honestly... We, we're like the rest of you. We'll have a little tiff here or there. But guess what? We've learned how to communicate with each other. She's got me trained. Can you say that, man? Can you say that? You can't do it. I can. That's why we don't fight. Hallelujah. Amen. Baby, you're right. Yes, dear. And when she's not around and we're hanging out, guys, guess what? We can talk big and we can talk bad. Hallelujah. And we can act like we're in charge around there. Amen. Let me tell you something. You love your wife, and she will love you forever. And I'm not talking about what you think I'm talking about. I'm talking about loving her with your words, uh, being kind to her, telling her how precious she is and what she means to you, and being faithful to her by looking at her. When's the last time you looked at your woman? I'm getting far off track on this one. Hallelujah. Praise God. But I just helped somebody. I believe it. Amen. God's at work, isn't he? Luke chapter 16, verse 19 through 31. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, have, and send Lazarus, uh, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. 
Then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded through, or though one rise from the dead. You understand this scripture is, is very powerful, and it's, it's the truth, amen? Listen, we will deny everything, and we'll say we'll believe it when we see it with our own eyes. We will deny the power of God. We will deny. Matter of fact, I can't even tell you how many people I've prayed for, and I've asked them, are you healed? And you know what their answer is? I'm not sure. Had a woman in our church in Phoenix, uh, we were pastoring there, and uh, a, a woman came up and she, she told us a story. She had HIV, she had AIDS, and she was up there and she told us, she came to church very desperate. And she was standing there and she was, she was uh, repentive, she wanted God to do a miracle in her life. She gave her life to Jesus Christ. She came into the church and I'm telling you something, God began to do something in this woman's life. We prayed for her. Matter of fact, Pastor Jones came and he did a healing crusade in our church and he prayed over that woman. I believe it was Pastor, wasn't it, wasn't it Dad that prayed? I'm not sure. I think it was Pastor Jones. He came in, he prayed over this woman, and he sent her back to the, to the doctors the very next day. Now, Monday morning, she went to the doctor, and she got all her tests. She got all her results back. Two days later, everything came back negative. God healed her body. The very next service, I'm telling you what, that Wednesday night she was there with her results in her hand. She showed us how God had healed her. She didn't say what it was because it was embarrassing for her, but she held those papers up and told the entire church that God delivered her and set her free and healed her body. The very three days later, Sunday morning came for church. Guess what? She tasted the goodness of the Lord. But guess what? She got what she came for. She got healed. God delivered her. God touched her. And I know for a fact that God's not done with her yet. See, I know just because someone turns back to their sin that God isn't just going to pull away and leave them alone. No, God's going to torment that woman. God's going to torment you in your sin. He's going to torment me in my sin, amen, until we can turn away from that thing and turn back to God. That's what his plan is, is so that our experience, uh, our salvation would be something powerful and turn to him. God wants us to turn to him. Listen to this. Uh, there's three things I want you to know in this scripture in Hebrews chapter 6. Let's go ahead and read that really quick. I know destiny's coming, but I'm going to read this scripture. Hebrews chapter 11. Is that what it was? 11 verse 6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That is those who are seeking the Lord with their whole heart. Amen. And listen to this. Number one, without faith. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Number two, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. And number three, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That means they are going after him, amen? That means we are putting all of our shame aside and we're going towards him and saying, God, I'm going to make it. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to believe what the world says about it, but I'm going to believe your word and I'm going all out. Hallelujah, amen? Let me tell you something. God has been trying to get your attention for a long time. 
God has been at work trying to get your attention. The Bible says that God has put his law in our hearts. Amen. Listen to this. Creation cries out. Did you know that? Hallelujah. Listen, the universe cries out. The preacher cries out. As we preach the gospel, we're crying out for you to turn away from your sin. Turn away from our sin. Amen. Listen, without faith, we must believe and we must seek him. So we must have faith. Amen? Diligently seek Him. And not just when you're in a crisis. Don't wait till you're in trouble to reach out to God. Don't wait till your marriage is in trouble before you start reaching out to God. Don't wait until your kid has done something there's no turning back on until you start reaching out and depending on God. Let me tell you something, in the very moment, that's why we are firecrackers. Hallelujah, amen. Everywhere we go, we're stirring up a fight. And if you don't believe it, just hang out with us for a little bit. My clan back here, my, my whole crew back here, we are, we're a mess. But we're a mess for Jesus. We don't play no games. You ever come to me for counseling, you're going to get the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And every word that comes out of your mouth will be held against you in a court of law. Hallelujah, amen. And I'm not even a police officer. I probably didn't even say it right, but it don't matter. There's a passion. I understand who God is in my life. I know what he's done for me. I know what he's saved me from. You see, you look up at our pastor and you look up here. You see me. You say, well, these guys are cleaned up pretty good. Oh, they're saved. Do you not know that every day... We're working. We're trying to stay right with God because our flesh can be weak at times just like yours. And if we don't do what we are supposed to do, read our word, get in the word of God and begin to listen. Listen, some of you, you got that garbage in your ear all day long. You got that rap crap going on in your ear. I'm not even sorry for that. It's the truth. You got this rock and roll that all it does is glorify the enemy and the devil and talk about his strength and power, and you're, you're wondering why you have an anger problem? You're wondering why you can't quit certain things in your life? I'll tell you why. Because your experience with God, it wasn't real. And what I'm talking about today is having a true experience with Jesus Christ. You say, well, I must have missed the boat. I might as well just give up because I missed the boat. I got news for you. Ain't no message preached from this pulpit ever without a wonderful truth that says there's hope. I said there's hope. Hallelujah. Today's your day. Glory to God. This is the day of salvation, saith the Lord. Amen. Listen, we can turn it all right now. Turn it around by just trusting in God and saying, Lord, without you, it's impossible. I found a quote. It says, for those who believe no proof, no proof is necessary. Let me start it over again. For those who believe no proof is necessary, for those who don't believe no proof is possible. Did you understand that? That come out okay? That's a powerful saying. You're going to hear things all over the place, everywhere you go. You might get something out of a, out of a cuss fight on the middle, in the middle of the street. You might be in a grocery store. and Man, I'll tell you what, just the other day I was about to lose my marbles. 
I'm standing in a Walmart, in the neighborhood Walmart, and this guy, I'm, there's three or four workers standing there trying to unload a cart behind me. I'm trying to find something on the shelf, but I can't find it with my big old belly stuck up against the shelves. I turned around and I said, can I get some space around here? Oh, I should have just turned around and said, Jesus is coming back. Are you ready? They'd have been gone. But you have to learn to control yourself. When you get home from work and you're tired and you're grumpy and you're ugly, and you don't know how to treat the person that you love most, maybe you ought to take a moment before you get out of your car and go in the house to just say, thank you, Jesus. God, give me the words to speak. Give me the energy, Lord, to walk in that house and love everybody. Because I've been spit on and beat up. Listen to me. I'm telling you the truth. I've learned this the hard way. I walk in that house every day. I don't even care if I'm tired now. I just walk in because mine's going to get me whether I'm tired or rested. My wife hits me at the door with 900 questions. And baby, I'm thankful for it. Keep, keep them coming. Because it keeps us in communication. And when we're mad at each other, there's a communication. When something goes wrong, there's a strength. We hold our hands together. And do we say, I'm strong enough because I've been through this? Or do we say, Lord, we are weak right now. God, we need your help. We sit down and we say, Lord, we have this problem with our child. Lord, we have this problem with our other child, and this one with our other child, and Lord, this one with our other one. God, why'd you have to give us four kids with problems, Lord? Be careful what you ask him, because he's going to say, well, you're the problem. Amen? Now, that doesn't mean because someone sins that it's your fault. But we are the leader in our home, men. And if, woman, if you don't have a man in your house, you're the leader in that house. Let's all pray. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 42, verse 1 through 3, I'll just read the first part there. It says, as the deer pants for the water, Brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Our God is a living God today. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Maybe you're self-employed in this place. Maybe you work for somebody. I got news for you. If you'll do it under the Lord, He'll bless you. When someone comes to you with gossip, when someone comes to you backbiting about somebody else, don't even take the moment to listen to them. Just say, you know what? Let's pray about it right now. Grab their hand. Now listen, men, don't be trying that with women. But just pray. Women with women and men with men. And let's say, you know, we're going to pray about it. And we're going to defeat the devil. That's how you win your battles. By saying, we're going to pray. Father, I pray right now over every person that's in this place. I pray, God, that you would speak to our hearts. God, that you would deal with us tonight, this morning, God. Lord, you would help us to make right decisions. Lord, even though sometimes we feel like failures in our life, we feel like we've done things the wrong way. We've tried to figure it out our own way. But God, this morning we turn to you. We surrender to you. We ask that you would help us to do right. In Jesus' name.
I'm going to make a call right now all over this place. You're here today. You say, Pastor, I'm not right with God. I'm not saved. I'm away from the Lord. But I want this Jesus that you're talking about today. I want him to save me. If that's you, just lift your hand up. Put it up and put it right back down. Amen. I see these hands. How many more? How many more? Praise God. I see these hands. You know what? And there's kids with their hands up. And I listen, let them, let them raise their hands. Bring them to the altars. Because I'll tell you what. They're listening to the word of God. And it's convicting their spirit. How many more all over this place? You're here. You say, I'm saved, but I'm struggling. I'm going through some trials in my life. And it's hard for me to, to grasp uh, oh, and understand who God really is. If that's you, you're in that struggle. Just lift your hand up. I want to pray for you. Put it up and put it right back down. I see many hands, many hands. Praise God. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. I've gone just a little bit long this morning. God knows my heart. I want to open these altars for one more thing this morning. And we're going to open these altars. Those that raised your hands, you're going to come down to these altars. We're going to pray with you in just a moment. But I really feel it in my spirit that there's some marriages that are struggling this morning. I really feel like there's, there's turmoil going on in homes today. And I'm not talking about verge of divorce. I'm talking about just some clashing of heads and some problems going on in our, and we're not talking about just people that, oh yeah, they're, they're just problem people. No, 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 I'm talking about you and me. I'm talking about everyday people. We would be crazy to say that, 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 that our marriage is so perfect. My wife never seen her parents fight until we got married. And just the other day, she asked her dad, she said, Dad, why didn't you ever fight in front of us when we were younger? He says, because you didn't need to see that. Real simple answer. It wasn't sophisticated. He said, because we didn't want you seeing that. There's some people, they'll fight for their kids. They throw stuff. If you don't believe me, just ask your neighbor. Me and Pastor Blake, we ought to just take a walk one day and just go meet your neighbors. Yeah, how you doing? Yeah, we're, we're the pastors of so-and-so. They live right next door to you. Ooh! You're, you're their pastor? You're her pastor? Well, I, there's a guy's coming in all the time over here. How many cousins she got? Well, you, you mean you you mean this guy? No, listen to me. I'm talking to all of us today. This is our moment right now. You say, how can I ever change? This is how you change right here at this altar. I'm going to open up this altar as we worship God. Come on. Come on down here and just talk to the Lord for a few minutes. If you raise your hand, come on down to this altar this morning. God wants to encourage you.